The reading comes from Galatians 6, verses 1 to 10. It's on page 1172 in the Pew Bible. Doing good to all. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Sean, uh, just before, before you speak, I'm going to invite your wife to come and speak. <laughs> Sorry, she's upstaging you. She's, she's just been sharing a, a really um, encouraging testimony, which I think is, is good to do and to share with one another as, as family here together. So before Sean does his prepared bit, um, Jo. Sorry, Sean doesn't know this story. <laughs> Sorry, hon. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, just, I just felt really nudged to say it because it's been encouraging to me. So um, back in, I think, early November, I was asked to write a contribution to a book on grief. And um, she asked me if there was a verse. She wanted to look for people to speak to a particular verse. Um, some of you know my story, some, this bit of my story, some don't. But there was a verse that came to me really, really loudly, and I felt at the time inappropriately, from God on the flight to South Africa just after my mum had died. Um, and it was, um, weeping remains for a night and joy comes in the morning. So that was the verse I said that I was going to write my little piece on. Um, and then I got COVID, and so I had to get an extension. So I came to write it on Friday, and I, write, I read a psalm every morning as a practice. Um, and that was my psalm that I got to. So that's the like, little kind of cheesy Christian <laughs> piece of it. Um, however, I did want to also say that um, it's been, I've had a terrible couple of weeks. And Friday, there was a big breakthrough for me so that felt significant too and I don't like to just pick a verse and force my meaning on it so I studied the psalm really carefully for what I wrote for her and it's psalm 30 I think Sean will be better at the numbers but it, it concludes really really clearly that there's a therefore for why our grief turns to rejoicing and our sackcloth is taken off and we are clothed in God's joy and that is because we are made to praise him, we are made to be um, forever in a state of worship and praise. And, and, and in the light of, of what we know of him, that becomes bigger. That becomes bigger than absolutely any reason we have for crying our eyes out throughout a whole night, which I know we all do sometimes. But the trajectory is to joy, and the joy is because 
we have a God who's going to be with us for eternity and we'll be bathed in everything good and perfect and we'll be with those that we love. So I just, the cheesy bit was like, oh my goodness, what are the chances? <laughs> Psalm 30 on that day, but I did want to encourage you all that we're heading in a direction of joy, not grief. Brilliant. Thank you, Joe. Um, it strikes me as well, your goodness is running after me. I think that explains that line quite well as well. God's goodness is running after us. Sean, I'm going to stop whittering. Brilliant. Uh, a few people will know that I've kind of snuck in the side and will sneak out again. Um, and the, um, it's because I've had a throat thing for a few days. And so there's something kind of humorous earlier, actually. I was literally at home, lying in bed, watching the live stream, thinking, I better not fall asleep. I'm preaching. <laughs> um, <clears throat> this morning, before I begin, can I just say, as your vicar, that I'm proud of the attitude that many people here have toward money and a very healthy attitude. Um, this is shown in the general giving of, um, that we see as our church. It's shown in the recent fundraiser with the Fox Hill Community Center. Like, um, I don't get to see the kind of actual names and numbers, and I, 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 pr I prefer it that way, right? The finance team deal with all the, all the detail. Um, but I know that there are loads of people in this church that have put money in its rightful place as a gift from God that they can use to serve God. And so well done. I want to say that up front. Um, what I'm going to preach on this morning kind of connects to Pledge Sunday, but you'll see eventually how it connects. But I won't really be talking about money this morning. The title for this morning is Patience and Perseverance in an Age of Instant Gratification. Um, Reese's peanut butter cups. Need I say more? Like, okay, I've got, a, I've got a, someone else that loves them like I do. Okay. Um, let me start with a kind of image of instant gratification that, um, so this was uh, someone that I, I knew a long time ago, and this person had moved from the UK over to America, and they had come back for a visit. They hadn't been in America for very long, but um, it was at the St. James Center, um, anyways, in Jared's Cross. They'd come back to visit. It hadn't been very long, and they had gained a whole lot of weight in a short amount of time. And I was, which is interesting. And then as well, in, while talking to this person, they had pockets that were full of Reese's peanut butter cups. So that every few minutes, this person would pull out another one and I, hey, I love them, I get it. Um, but they would pull out another one and just eat it like it was no big deal. And then another one, and another one. Um, like, again, an image, that's an image there of instant gratification. Something that's super unhealthy, super unhelpful. Um, you see, the, the body isn't smart. And instant gratification is dangerous for the soul. Now, the, um, the co-op used to have Reese's peanut butter cups, where like, okay, normally they're like 75p a packet, and they'd have three for a pound 20. So you can't buy just one, <laughs> right? And the, um, basically, so I would end up buying three of these packs, and of course, it's just not good to have them in the house. <laughs> and so ine inevitably what would happen is I'd buy three packs, Three days later, I'm thinking, did I really eat all of them? 
right? And like, and I only have like one time of the day when I would allow myself to eat something like that. And even then, it's like I would save something like that as a special treat. But for some reason, my willpower goes right down. Three days later, they're all gone. And it would be like, you know, did I really eat all of them? And every day, it'd be like, well, you know what? Today's been tough. I'd come up with some sort of excuse, right? The dream for some people is of a world where no one needs to work and we have everything we want whenever we want it. Not just with food, but with whatever we own, with entertainment, whatever. Such a reality would be so bad for us. I expect that depression levels would skyrocket. We would become like spoiled children that always demand more and are never satisfied. The body isn't smart. Instant gratification is dangerous for the soul. Um, now, let me, let me show you something I think will be kind of fun, kind of interesting. Um, how many people have come across ChatGPT? Okay, that's, that's, that's a fair number of people, but a lot of people haven't. Um, this is, I'm gonna, I've, I've recorded something that I did just a few days ago. This is artificial intelligence, okay? Um, and so, go ahead and play the video that we've got here. So I put into ChatGPT, describe instant gratification. And back I got this. Instant gratification refers to the desire to have something or experience something immediately without having to wait. It is the need for immediate satisfaction of one's desires or wants, regardless of the circumstances, on and on. It's generating that from its knowledge of the internet, and it's compiling something new. So, write a sermon on instant gratification. <laughs> and immediately we get an introduction, several points, a conclusion. It decided to use Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 as well as Proverbs 16, verse 32. Even has some good application in there. Okay, now by the way, I didn't use this to write my sermon. Um, now the interesting thing there is, if you were to fast forward, let's just say, and people are freaking out about this technology, right? If you were to fast forward, what sort of people do we become? Like, think about that for a second. Because sometimes it takes energy. It can be difficult to think about things carefully. And, and, and what if, if we get to a world where all you can do is any question you ever have, anything you ever need to write, you just put it into a box and you get back what you want. Eventually, we become a very shallow and like dim people, right? And you almost worry, like, does the technology inevitably land us there just by, be, just by existing, okay? People are freaking out, what sort of jobs will this replace? What sort of something like that? I'm very happy to use it when it comes to something like creating a risk assessment for using a ladder, <laughs> right? I'm not happy with using it for something like writing a sermon. Okay, so... Is instant, let me, and so just, that will touch on some things I'll share with you, but we'll, we'll go forward. 
Um, is instant gratification in the Bible? Yes and no, right? Uh, many biblical principles apply to this, but when we say instant gratification, we're thinking about companies getting goods and service to, services to us as quickly as possible so as to encourage us to buy more. So our passage today isn't specifically about instant gratification, but there are many principles that apply. And the solution to the problem of instant gratification, which there are several problems around it that are connected to it, especially when we think about brain science and that sort of thing, um, the, the, the problem of instant gratification, the solution, I don't think, is delayed gratification. That's the solution that would be suggested by ChatGPT in its sermon, or that would be suggested maybe even by psychology today. I think the solution that we find biblically goes much deeper than that. The solution is around the question, what are we living for? Okay? Instant gratification, delayed gratification. We put ourselves in the middle of the universe. What are we living for? Ask the question, how are we living for others? How are we living for the work of God's Spirit? How are we living with patience for a spiritual harvest? And those are the points that come out of the text we're looking at today. And so let me take us into that. So first, living for others. Uh, Galatians 6 verse 2 says it this way. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Which, by the way, there's an interesting, almost contradiction between verses 2 and 5 here. Verse 2, carry each other's burdens. Verse 5, each one should carry their own load. Which, kind of think, how do those go together? Um, in Greek, what we've got is in verse 2, it's a load that's an unbearable weight. It's like it's too much to carry. And in verse 5, it's more like a pack that you'd carry, like a backpack. And so the... Um, there's a difference here in that it's kind of encouraging you, you know what, to a degree, you should carry your own load. We should all put in the effort required, the energy required to be strong, to be, you know. But then in verse 2, sometimes there are times where the load is too heavy. And that's what it's for us to be as a community, that we're looking out for each other. And when someone else needs help, we help them. And so the, the picture in Galatians 6 is of someone in verse 1 who they're running, but sin is faster and has overtaken them. And so the, they've fallen into temptation. And the picture then is of another Christian coming along to restore them. And in Greek as well, for restore, it's this picture of setting broken bones or mending fishing nets. Fishing nets that's the sort of things that this re restoration will be used for. Um, and so there's a, a principle here of, and key thing here, is that for us, that we're looking out for each other and there are times where the burden that we're carrying, and this could apply to all sorts of different burdens, where the thing that we're trying to carry is too heavy for us and you're not meant to carry it all by yourself. Okay? And then the verse goes on to say, so carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So there's a clear connection here between carrying each other's burdens and fulfilling the law of Christ. But people then wonder, what's the law of Christ? That's weird, right? You don't have that elsewhere, the law of Christ. You have the law of Moses. What's the law of Christ? 
And so there are a few things that people typically go to on this. One is when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees as to how you would keep the law, and they had 613 laws that they had mined from the Old Testament. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So it's either referring to that, which to say that Jesus said that by loving God and loving your neighbor, you end up fulfilling the whole of the Old Testament law. And so that might be what he means by the law of Christ. Or... It could be when Jesus in John 13 said to his disciples, a new command I give you, essentially a new law I give you, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Either way, you answer the question about what it means for this, what is the law of Christ, whether in, in either way, what we get are two examples that are high expectations, high bar as to what it means for us to love each other and how love is supposed to mark us out as disciples. Like love is meant to be the driving action between, be behind how we live. Contrast that with instant gratification where it's all about me. And so... The first thing I want you to see that's really important here that we, that we find in Scripture is that we should be living for others. The second thing I want you to see from this text is that we should be living for things of the Spirit. So in verse 7, it says this, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. By the way, modern translations... I would expect this to be person. A person reaps what they sow. Probably it's a man reaps what he sows because it's like a quote or something like that. Like, why is this one got to be left as man? Okay, anyways, just saying. Um, I feel like it should be, it should be person, I would think. Um, but a person reaps what they sow. Um, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please, please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. And so, again, the picture here is, first of all, of this, um, that when we sow to reap the flesh, we reap destruction. Um, Austin Perlmutter uh, wrote in Psycho Psychology Today, he wrote this, check this out. Many of the activities that promote instant gratification are linked to unhealthy behaviors. Over time, the ability to quickly satisfy a desire for low-quality, disease-inducing foods takes a real toll on our bodies. The unrestrained purchasing of whatever online good piques our interest creates a major burden on our credit card statement. And our constant drive to check in on social media, even while spending time with friends and family, lowers the quality of our in-person interactions. And of course, you add to this picture that essentially with instant gratification, what we have is essentially we have a desire that in being gratified comes with, as many have said, a dopamine rush that reinforces that action. And so instant gratification becomes dangerous in how it can become addictive while our enjoyment of the item actually goes down. Um, 
So, so check this out. There's a, a study, Harvard study. Um, this seems pretty obvious to me, but it carries more weight if it's part of a study, right? Here's what they did. I mean, hopefully you'll, you'll see it coming as well. Group A, they gave unlimited chocolates. Okay, that sounds nice. So group A, unlimited chocolates. Group B, no chocolates. Okay, and then when the study was over, they gave um, everyone some chocolates, and here's what they found. Now catch this. Group B reported higher happiness, savored the taste of those chocolates more, and they were in a better mood long term than group A. Which is very interesting. If you think long term, group B were better off than group A. So to please the flesh, and it backfires. And so the challenge here in verse 8 is that we sow to please the Spirit, that we're living for things of the Spirit. And then the final thing I want you to see from this text is that living with patience, we should be living with patience, longing for a spiritual harvest. Essentially, sometimes the best things take time. And so in Galatians 6 verse 9, it says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So catch that. Do not become weary. You will reap a harvest if you do not give up. There's an in-between time implied here when, though you're doing the right thing, you'll want to give up. When, and by giving up, there will be no result. <coughs> Having patience or perseverance means that you can push through to a great result. When this was written, people were dependent on their crops, right? You'd plant a crop and you'd wait for four months for a harvest. The crop would decide when it was ready. If you were to harvest too early, you'd either get much less than you, than you should get or the crop wouldn't be very nice. And here in verse 9, that picture is being applied to a spiritual harvest, which is different in that we have no idea when a spiritual harvest will, will bear fruit. We follow God. We depend on the Holy Spirit. We hold on knowing that at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Now here's the danger. Check this out. In a culture... Where, we, where instant gratification becomes the norm, willpower goes right down, right? We, where, where instant gratification becomes the norm, we become very weak and unable to push through on things that are difficult. And so if there are things that require patience and perseverance to achieve, if, there, if some of the best things take time, then there's the risk of us never attaining those good things. So what we have here is about a spiritual harvest. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There are things that God will call us to that will be difficult. There are in-between times where we will wonder, am I doing the right thing? And where we need to have the strength to push through. Sometimes the best things take time. And so if we stand back from this whole passage and from this whole theme for a moment, just notice there are two very different ways to live that are laid out in front of us. 
You can either live for yourself, swayed by the whims of this world, constantly chasing the wind, or for others, living by the Spirit, with a bigger perspective, longing for what God will do, and with the strength that he gives. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would help us with this. I pray that in a world of instant gratification, that so much appeals to our, to our bodies, to our flesh, to us in very basic ways, in a world that could encourage us or um, encourage us to, to be less than what you've called us to be. Pray that you would give us strength and wisdom that we might honor you in Jesus' name. Amen.